What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the evening? Well, I say evening, but I'm actually recording this at like 9.40 p.m. This is like crazy. So, sorry for the like crappy audio. If the like, audio is like terrible and you hear a lot of movement, that's because this is like, like I said, it's 9.40. I'm doing this on my phone, so I'm like going to see how well it is. I plan on getting a mic if this goes well. So this is just kind of like me testing this out because... I've done a podcast with my friends here recently, a close group of friends. It's called The Misc, M-I-S-C. should look it up on Spotify. It's pretty great, but I'm still trying to get the, like, the feeling of a podcast and everything, and this episode is kind of like just, um, just kind of getting the feels for it, and I kind of been thinking about, um, doing this for a long time, but before I even go on, I should probably introduce what I'm doing and who I am, just in case, you know, you don't know me, even though I'm quite sure, like, most of you probably will, because this will probably be more of like a, my friends were listening to my mom. Well, it might just be my mom, but we're not going to talk about that. But anyways, so, I am your speaker, your host, your man of the hour, I guess. That's what talk show hosts say, but I don't think I'm on the level of them quite yet. I've got a long ways to go. But anyways, so I am Mark or Marcus, or Marky Mark, I've also been probably more, I don't want to say popularly known, but just more commonly known as uh, Preacher Mark, that's a nickname that I carried for, I guess, about about three or four years, but uh, chances are that nickname's not coming back, to be honest with you guys, but, well, never say never, I just, you know, that's a part of, that's one part of my story is uh, not really, it's kind of getting rid of that Preacher Mark name, because I was like, I just I just went through I just went through a time period where I didn't feel like I deserved it, and I'm still like in a place where I wouldn't say I'm not like oh I'm a terrible person like I, well you know we all are obviously sinners and whatnot and I think the definition of good is somewhat rigged to make us feel better but I'd, like these are like old topics for another day but at the end of the day you know I was just like you know it's good it's cool wearing a cross it's cool wearing the Christian T-shirts it's cool having the Bible verse in your, um, you know, your bio and whatnot, but at the end of the day, I want to be able to take all of that away, take away all the titles, the nicknames, the bios, the t-shirts, the necklaces, and at the end of the day, someone can just look at me and look at my character and look at my identity and who I am and what I do, and they can just be like, that, that guy right there, he's a, you know, he's a follower of Christ, so that's just my feels on that, and so, uh, yeah, so here we are. I think this, well, I should, probably should say, I'm also from Georgia. Let's go. Also from the small town called Monroe. Be careful, you might get stuck in between Loganville and Monroe. That's a joke right there, because there's a town called Between, which confused the crap out of me when I first heard about it. I remember texting my youth pastor, and I was like, hey, man, so, like, where? Because I was, like, looking for, like, we were talking about something. He's like, oh, that's in between Georgia. Well, he says, that's in between, and I was like, between what? And it's just like this long, awkward pause, and he just started laughing. He's like, no, Between's like actually like a town. I was like, I don't know who would sit there and call a town Between, but you know what? More to him. I got mad, mad, mad respect for someone who has the guts to be like, yeah, we're going to call this town Between. I mean, you got Loganville, Monroe, Walnut Grove, and then you just got that one guy in the back. He's just like, let's call it Between Georgia. Bad idea. Bad idea. But anyways, so this podcast, hopefully, if it's not trademarked, 
is probably going to, is most likely the idea kind of, I kind of went through a lot of things. I was like, okay, well, you know, let me back it up. Let me start about how I kind of came to this idea where I was like, oh, I want to do a podcast now. Um, I think for a lot of years, I've, I've loved speaking, I love teaching. I've taught many times, um, my old church, Faith Baptist Church, holla to my boys and my homie girls back th- at that place. I love them to death. Um, I taught a whole lot there Sunday school, um, probably, I'd probably say more on Wednesday nights, um, you know, youth nights and whatnot, but doing a lot of teaching and speaking, I just necessarily have to be teaching, just doing skits and volunteer work and whatnot, it's just, I really enjoyed just being on stage, being in front of people and whatnot, so I was like, you know what, like, what if I, what if I did a podcast, and actually when I was about, I think about 12 or 13 years old, I kind of fiddled with the idea of like, I want to be like a talk show host because I think that's when I started watching like Jay Leno. That's right. I remember Jay Leno. Amazing. Is Jimmy Fallon better than Jay Leno? Sometimes. I'll say sometimes. Jay Leno was good, but Jimmy Fallon just might be better, to be honest. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, um, so listen to these guys, especially like, you know, listen to 95.5 on FM1 radio. And, you know, I'm listening to these guys, like, um, I don't even remember all their names, to be honest, right now. But, I'm trying to remember, oh my gosh, what are some of those nails? Like, Rush Limbaugh, there we go, Lush Limbaugh, Eric Erickson, Neil Bortz, you know, which a lot of people are like, wow, there's a lot of conservative people. Well, hey, you know what? Don't judge me and my listenings. I mean, I listen to Democrat stuff, too, and liberal stuff. I listen to everybody's perspective. It's okay. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. Basically, listen, I hear these guys, and I was like, I want to try that out. I was like, one, I love talking. Two, I love people. Well, I love people. Some people are challenged, but I do try my best to love. But guilty as charged. I'm sometimes the worst about that. But I really just wanted to get my voice out there and see, like, what kind of audience could I captivate? What kind of bring in with this charisma, this voice, this tone? that I've been given, um, this, like, just passion for speaking, passion for saying my voice and whatnot, and it's actually kind of interesting, because as I'm talking right now, you would think it feels unnatural for me to sit here and talk to a phone, but I've actually, it's pretty okay right now, I'm all by myself, my dog, Ananias, is over in the corner, yes, my dog is named Ananias, he's a boy, I promise, he comes out from the, um, character in the Bible, if you guys ever heard the story of, uh, Paul, well, at the time, it was Saul. I think it was Acts. I don't remember what chapter. Pretty sure it was Acts. Confident. Very confident. But the guy who basically went and, like, kind of went to Paul, who, like, God sent to reach out to Paul to, you know, make really turn, change his heart and baptize him and whatnot, was um, the guy whose name is Ananias. And I was like, oh, cool. I love that guy's story because it's like, it shows him one being faithful and God being obedient, being encouraged. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to name my dog Ananias, and my one of the cheesy sayings I have is that he's the Ananias to my Paul, so there you go. Puns for days and just cheesy pickup lines. Well, not pickup lines, but I guess you could say that eventually if you met a girl or guy named Ananias, and you know, you could be like, probably a dude, but honestly dude, it's just being like, yo, sup Ananias, you want to be the Ananias to my Paul, which is like, gross. But nonetheless, so here, here I am, 17 years old, finally doing this idea that I've been kind of juggling with for a few years. So 
I guess the next, and like I said, this thing's all over the place. Like, my mind's scattered. I just got done, like, hanging out with some friends. And, dude, we get crazy when we hang out. Like, just lose it wild and everything. We just actually did our own podcast. So I'm kind of, my mind just scattered everywhere. But, nonetheless, we're going to keep going. I think another thing I need to tackle is um, maybe talk about why do I want to call this podcast Mountains and Valleys. I went through a lot of names. I was like, all right, let me think. Um, I was like, okay, cool, John 10. I was like, I love hearing about Jesus and how he's a good shepherd. I love hearing that song, Reckless Love, by Corey Osbury. Osbury? Yeah, Osbury. And it's like, um, I love that idea of Jesus being the good shepherd. I love the idea of him, you know, leaving 99 to find out one. I was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to call it the sh- like the Shepherd Network. I was like, that's going to be the name of this whole podcast. And at first, or I was going to also call it maybe the Shepherd Cast. Um, trying to think, what's some other names? So I was thinking like maybe something like Psalm or something like the Psalms. Or I was like, okay, that'd be kind of cool. You know, maybe get a pun on my name because obviously my name is Mark. So I was like, oh, maybe I can call it the Book of Mark, you know, continued or something. I just kept thinking about it and I was like, ah, I mean, those were good, but... Were they really like the one, you know? Were they the one name that I could really maybe dive deep into meaning with and make? Rather than me just being like, okay, this is what I want to call it. I was like, okay, what like what do what am I thinking? What is God thinking? Where are we going back and forth on? What is what are what, what is something that I can really intimately connect with myself and God and include and influence others with? And that was the whole idea of this name. And then I thought about it, and I was like, okay, I love the idea of the Good Shepherd. And so I was like, I kind of still want to include that. But then God spoke to me about this, like, he he really, like, I want to say it was like a huge, loud voice of, like, Mark, this is the name of your podcast. No, it was more of, like, this soothe, soft whisper of God just reminding me. He's like, hey, do you, like, it honestly felt like a moment where if I was a picture in my mind where it was like, me sitting on a bench and like Jesus next to me and just like sitting there just talking about like the good like the older days I say older days like I'm like 68 or something but I'm only 17 I meant like the days when I first started following Christ and I remember like just sitting there and it was almost like it's going back and forth and I just felt like God was like do you remember like he's like do you remember the first verse I showed you he's like do you remember that that very first passage that I that I gave to your heart, and, like, it's one of those passages that I actually, like, I carried for me, and, and, like, I used to do this thing where it was, like, every year, or at least every six months, but it usually was a year, I was, like, God, give me, like, a verse, what's my verse for this year, like, what's, like, the, like, it's almost like if I had a chapter in front of me, and I was, like, God, give me a title, and that's what I would do at, like, the end of the year, the beginning of the year, either one, which, whatever I was feeling, and I was, like, and I just heard, him say Psalm 23 4 which I'm actually going to pull up right now which I promise which like some people are like yeah right bud but I promise you I do know it from memory but just in case I mess this up I really want to like pull up and which this might take me a minute because I'm actually using my um using my like I want to say it's like pocket size but it's like a small size like it's a handy bible don't get me wrong but it's not like really pocket fit it's more of like it's just a small miniature bible it's my like first well my first bible was an nlt but this one was like my birthday gift i think for my 
15th birthday? I'm not too sure. I don't remember. But anyways, the New King James. And the reason why, I don't know why, but, well, I do know why, but I just love the word and the wording and the diction and New King James as far as, like, this one verse goes. I do read out NIV a lot, to be honest, which is, like, controversy, but you know what? God moves when he wants to. God moves, and what am I trying to say? Well, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, that NIV can be controversial, but you know what? God's going to move either way, bro. So there you go. So Tom, uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom, God, I'm stupid sometimes. Anyways, um, you're, yeah, you're probably going to hear like a lot of like insults to myself tonight. Cause I'm like running on low, low energy, even though I had full throttles. So don't drink full throttles, kids. You'll die. Maybe. Possibly. Probably not. But anyways, so Psalm 23 for, sorry, I'm just distracted right now. I heard this song come on and I was like, eh, this is by Lauren Daigle, which don't get me wrong, she's amazing, but I was like, eh, it's whatever. Anyways, back on track, my mans and womans, Adam and Eve's, my Jesus's, what's up? So Psalms 23, 4 says, you know, it says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. And in my Bible, there's just one part where, like, the R is italicized. And I really like that because it's saying, like, in confidence, you're like, yes, you are with me. You are with me, God. And it continues to say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I could be mistaken, which if someone's, like, a really high biblical scholar out there, I'd appreciate you fact-checking me, fact me on this. Um, I'm pretty sure David wrote Psalm uh, Psalm 23. I'm not too sure. I'm like 50-50 on that. Because David didn't write all of Psalms. Which, watch me be wrong on that too. But um, I really love the way this passage speaks. Because, you know, I'm going to read again. It's just like, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and, and your staff, they comfort me. So, here you have this, you know... You, you could tell, like, maybe David was going through a hard time in his life right in here. Or maybe he was just reflecting on a good time in his life. Either way, you know, the reason why I called this the Mountains and Valleys podcast is because I was thinking of that of the phrase, the valley of the shadow, valley of the shadow of death. And that just made me think about the low points in life, you know. Obviously, the valleys represent the low points. And, you know, the mountains represent the high points in our lives, whether it's, you know, a spiritual high point, a physical high point, mental high point, a health high point, and, you know, vice versa for the valleys, where it's like a low spirituality, not really getting on focus much with God, or maybe your health is not doing so well, or you're just not having a good, you know, good opportunities and good times, you know, with your friends and at work and school and whatnot. But the whole idea came from, for me, where God spoke to me was him just saying, remember Psalms 23, 4. Because this was honestly like the beginning of my, I would say like my passion and my heart for God. Of course, not from me, but from God himself. He allowed me to have this heart for him and everything. And so this is where it kind of really, I would say it really began to grow. A really foundational part of my heart was Psalms 23, 4. Is because it makes me think that, you know, even like at the high points, yeah, God's there. Jesus is there. He's being the good shepherd and whatnot. Because, you know, 
God's there with us in the highs, the lows, the middle grounds. He's there climbing the mountain. He's there falling off the mountain. He's there all the way with us, honestly. And when I say falling off, I don't mean like God's faulting, but he's like, you know, he's still watching over us is what I mean. Wow, I think I just, uh, a voice crack, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this podcast is over. No more voice cracks. And so, I really just, you know, it makes me think of, you know, the valley of the shadow of death. And, you know, I, you know, I kind of mentioned that high point, you know. Jesus is there with us. He's, we're thriving in the life, like John 10, 10. You know, we're in there. We're thriving. We're living. We're fruitful. Everything's good. We're like, yes, praise God. Praise God. You know, hallowed be his name. And we're just saying that over and over again. But then, you know, things hit us like we're getting knocked down like pegs, you know, going down one by one. And we're just on the verge. And finally, we're hit with that final blow. And it's almost like a breaking point. And I've been through many breaking points in my life. And I think that that's what I think about when I, when the Bible says, you know, valley of the shadow of death. Maybe it is death. It could be. Don't get me wrong. We could take it in a literal phrase. But I think, too, it's also our downfalls. It's our sins. It's, you know, it's the times when we're just having it hard, where life's just not being so fair to us. And where we feel like we've been abandoned. And, you know, shadow of death. We feel like, you know, our past is haunting us. We feel like our past mistakes, and we feel like we get this we get this voice, this you know this voice from the devil or Satan inside, honestly, because that's who it's from, is just saying you know you're not good enough, you know you remember this you will you can never get back up to the mountain, you will never get out of this valley, you're stuck here, you're a prisoner in your chains, but then here we have is God speaking through David saying. You know, God is basically saying to David, yes, you may be scared. Yes, you may have those confidence issues. Yes, you may have, you know, the past is coming back and you feel like you're not good enough. But I'm still here with you. And that's powerful. It's just mind-blowing to me that God is still willing, even though he doesn't have to. This is the best, this is the coolest part to me, is that God wants to be with us in the valleys just as much as he wants to be with us in the mountains. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying God wants you to have a terrible life, but he wants to be with you always. I think what I'm trying to say is like, he wants his love, he's going to make sure that his love, his protection, his passion for us is still, is there with us in the valley just as much as his love, passion, and just overall compassion towards us is with us in the mountains. So there's no like, God has all this love for me in the mountain, but no love for me in the valley. No, that's not what God is saying. He's saying, you know, I have all this love for you in the valley, and I have all this love for you while you're in the mountain. While you're at the highest peak, I love you. And when you're in the lowest peak in your sin, I still love you. And that's just what I, why I called this mountains and valleys, because I think that just speaks so much life. It speaks us. It speaks our story, who we are, what comes together. You know, I think the mountains and valleys, that's a perfect metaphor, perfect picture, perfect illustration of our lives, if we're honest. Whether whether you're honestly a believer listening to this or not a believer, I think we all can get on the same page that our life can be summed up in a lot of ups and downs. And so that's why I feel like God just led me to call this the Mountains and Valleys podcast, because this podcast is really 
yeah, you'll probably get devotions from me. That's probably what I'll do. Kind of like I just did. I think I kind of, fairness to say that I kind of just did one there. But you're going to hear stories from my story. and other people. Maybe other people will come on here and hear their story. But at the end of the day, I just want people to hear that no matter through the, the whether it's the good times or the bad times, that God just loves you. And I think if every single person out there listening to my voice, even with the probably the worst audio in the world and the bad static in the background, you can just hear my voice, but not hear you know my voice in all reality, but you hear God's voice through me. Hopefully, if God allows me to be a vessel for Him, which I am so thankful for that He's allowed me to be for Him time and time again. And if I can just be that vessel again just for one more moment, and just speak to every single person listening to this right now and just say that when you hear Psalm 23, 4, when you hear that part and when you say to yourself, yes, I'm walking through that valley, or you're saying, yes, I'm, I'm at a mountain, either way, either position, either scenario, you can say that I know He's with me and I know He's going to protect me and comfort me because that is a promise of God. And so I am hope through this podcast, every single one of you can just hear a story, or hear a verse, a Bible, maybe even one word, maybe a sound that not is not meant to happen, you know, in this podcast, and you just get something from it, and you're able to just see God. I think if, honestly, if at least one person, even right now in this episode, if one person can just hear and feel the Spirit then my job is done. Even if this podcast does not keep going, if this is the only episode that airs, the only episode I put out there, then so be it. As long as it reaches one person tonight, that's all that matters to me. And so, um, I really don't know what else I was going to talk about. It was kind of just like Psalms 23-4 is a good place to start. So, there we go. Man, how are you guys doing out there? I'm kind of sweating up in here because I kind of turned the fan off. It's real sweaty in here. I mean, like, my legs are, like, sweating bullets. I don't know if that's, like, just a me thing or it's, like, a Georgia thing because Georgia's bipolar when it comes to weather. Let's be honest about it, fam. I need to catch my breath for a minute. (laughs) So out of it. But, um, yeah, so hopefully I give you guys a good overall idea about the podcast. Hopefully maybe what I'm about. And I think to kind of follow up with the whole idea of mountains and valleys, um, I'm trying to think. I don't really know any verses that kind of pop in my mind that I maybe I want to speak about. Maybe God will just bring it to me. But um, I think one, maybe I should tell my a little bit of my story. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So I um, hope you guys are doing good. I hope you're enjoying it. Hopefully I didn't rant too much. Even though I probably did. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I'm trying to think where to start because I think if we're all honest, which by the way, all of our stories matter, whether you feel like you have a big significant story or not, your story is significant, whether it seems tragic or not to you, it means something to someone out there. Most importantly, it means something to God. So there you go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, but not KFC, hopefully, even though KFC is good. I'll give them that. The cookies are great. So I guess to tell a little bit of my story is heck let's do it let's talk about um if i'm going to call this mountains and valleys then i need to put myself out there and make myself vulnerable so 
I think one one thing I kind of been learning here lately is about is about suffering. I've been talking with some people and we talking about like suffering, you know. One question that always rattled my mind was I would just, you know, I would just think and look, well not just not look, but I would think about the idea of suffering and honestly, at, at times it can seem like the people that suffer the most is Christians. It seems like and I'm not saying that like oh we have it the worst and whatnot, but at times it really seems like you know, when you compare a, a faithful believer, a servant of Christ, to someone who doesn't believe, someone who doesn't follow Christ, it almost seems like the believer gets the bad end of the stick when it comes to life at times. And we kind of wonder, like, man, why is that? You know, why does God let good people like that suffer? Why does God let his, you know, believers suffer? And I, I often wondered that myself. I was like, I don't understand, you know, like, here we are serving you faithfully, and you're going to take all this away from me? And, you know, it's like, it's mind, it's mind-boggling. And I'd say not really mind-boggling as it is heartbreaking. Because we, we feel like when we step into this life, this narrow path, we feel like it's supposed to be perfect. But honestly, it's wrong. I, I mean, I'll be straight up. Being a believer is honestly harder than being someone who doesn't follow Christ. Now, is that a bad thing? No. It's really not because at the end of the day the narrow path of following Christ is so much more beneficial so much more fruitful and just it just fill overfills my cup and my heart of joy every day even during the bad days and so I kind of asked God I was like God you know like can you kind of teach me how to suffer um, we did the strong challenge at my church that I go to now I used to go to Faith Baptist but now I go to Grace Monroe, which hollow to my boys at Grace and my girls. I always say boys, but I mean a general term of everyone that I, you know, that knows me because I love every single one of you listening. I don't care if you go to Grace Monroe Faith Baptist First Methodist Church in Zimbabwe. I don't care. I love every single one of you, and I appreciate every single one of you listening to this right now because you're probably like, man, this guy's kind of scatterbrained. And I'd reply... You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. But anyways, I remember just going through and we did something called the strong challenge. And one of our things was like, um, I don't, I don't remember the exact title. I think like the basic title, I'm pretty sure it was called, yeah, it was called learn to suffer. And I was like, gosh, it's such an interesting concept. And it talked about Job, you know, cause Job had like everything in the body, you know, he had everything you know, one could probably ask for, meaning beautiful wife, you know, amazing kids, great family, um, plentiful, plenty of land, plenty of joy, plenty of resource. So the guy was honestly like, he was wealthy, he was wealthy in the world, and he was wealthy in the spirit as well. And so, you know, he was very faithful to God too. But then, you know, you kind of look through it, and God starts to take away these things, you know. Job lost his family. He lost, um, I want to say he lost his house, too. I think it got burned up. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, like, he lost it all. He lost a lot of his fortune. Um, he lost probably, I'm pretty sure he lost some of his animals. Like I said, he lost his family. And I think, I think yeah, he basically lost his family. Um, I think the wife was left alive, I think. It's been a while since I've read the story of Job. But anyways, basically, 
here you have this faithful man enjoying life, peaceful, walking with God faithfully every day. And God takes it all away. You know, he almost allows there to be suffering for Job, which is almost contradicting to, the, to you know, the God that we know is like a loving God, a cherishing God, protects us from bad. But here we have it where it's like God allows there to be suffering in Job's life. And at first, you know, I think maybe that can infuriate us. But maybe we should look at it and be thankful for the suffering. Because, yes, it was hard for Job, but because of that suffering, Job was, he was able to reach out to others who didn't really follow God faithfully. He was able to witness God in the way he never could. Even though he was walking with God faithfully through the suffering, he was able to see God in a whole other perspective and almost just be just be like encompassed and just almost he he saw the compromise or the not compromise but he just saw the fullness of God in that moment and it tested him because you know like I said he had everything he had all these materials all these great earthly things and it also had this great relationship with God so it was a great test to see that his love and his relationship with God and did not rely on earthly materials. It did not rely on his fame or his fortune or his well-being. It was simply just he loved God and God loved him. And I think that was a great, great, cool thing. And But the best thing is like you see Job suffer, but he's able to witness the people. And he builds his character. I think, he, I don't want to say Job was lost before, but I think he, I think he did know who he was, don't get me wrong. He had his identity down. But I think being able to suffer and being able to lose all those things, Job was really able to really find an even more firm foundation of who he was. And he really found a firm foundation and relationship even more than before um, relationship with God, that is. That's what I'm talking about. But one thing people actually don't really talk about a whole lot is that if you read the story, it goes on and um, God actually rewards Job for his faithfulness. Even though Job had to suffer, if you read the Bible, I think I, this might be right word for word, but it says, you know, I, basically God gave Job everything and more. So Job, like, yes, I, w I would, if you ask, oh, so did Job get all of the stuff back he had? I would say no. Because God gave him that and more. So that means what Job had before was nothing in comparison to what God gave him for being faithful. And so God rewarded Job for being faithful. And at the same time, like I said, Job got to really understand who God is. And I would even say when it says that, you know, Job was given, you know, basically, I, I, I use the phrase everything and more. I really think that wasn't just talking about the like the earthly things. I think Job got to witness God in a way that maybe most of us, maybe we will, maybe we won't get to experience, but he got to experience God in a way that most people, maybe all people at that time, didn't get to experience. And so that's just a cool thing. And so where my story ties in with that is that um, I think through the months of like, I usually say around December and January, all the way out until the month of May 2018. So about, I'm going to say about um, 2017 December to May 2018. 
was a really, I'd say a really tough time for me. And I don't mean to say that so I can get like all this pet so you can show, you know, pity on me and you can um, give compassion, which I mean, which if you do, that's amazing. I appreciate the love and it means so much to me, all the support. But I don't say that so I can have that. I say that because I want you to understand that someone like me, who's been in a leadership position, who's taught, who I, th- I think I would say I was just like Job. I had everything going for me, all these opportunities. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. I'm really thriving in life. And then God took it all away. And that's where I began to question. I began to ask. I asked God saying, why? Why would you do this to me? Why would you take away everything? I felt like it, well, technically it wasn't everything, but it felt like everything. You know, when you're a teenager, like me, you're a teenage boy, and, you know, you're able to have a a leadership position, you're able to teach from time to time, you're able to have these great relationships with people, you're able to have this really close friend that you kind of consider, like, almost like family, like, almost like your own blood. That's how close of a friend I'm talking. And then all that gets took away as a teenage boy, you kind of, and just maybe not even just a teenage boy, as a teenager, and I would say even just as a person, a human, my identity, my purpose was in those things. So when I started asking God, why? The question I ended up asking, not just to God, but to myself was, who am I? As simple as that is, I think I went, I don't want to say, I I did go off the deep end a little bit, but I I really like, I was lost. I didn't know who Mark was. I didn't know who Preacher Mark was. It felt like, honestly, it felt like a distant part of me, uh, almost like an alternate personality. It was not, I didn't know who that was. I didn't know who I was. And for a time, I felt like that maybe I didn't know who God was, which ended up being more of like, I think, an overthinking of me because, of course, I knew who God was. But just like Job, even though I understood a little bit and I got and I, you know, even though I walked with God, I'm not saying I was perfect, by the way. I'm just saying that, like, I was a believer. I I understood some of the things of God. Of course, you know, we're not going to understand at all. I was like Job in that sense, where I I understood God, and I was a believer in Him, and I was flourishing, but then it's almost like I needed that suffering. No, I I will say, not if, I did need that suffering, because I lost everything, but with everything and all those things, my leadership position, my teaching, my friendships, my um, close, close, close friendship with a good friend of mine, Um, some of you may know who that is, but I'm not going to name names because let's just keep it chill here. (laughs) All right. All right. But, um, you know, my identity, my purpose wasn't all those things. And I've talked about this, um, many times. So if you heard the story, feel free to click off the podcast and thanks for listening. (laughs) But if not, keep on listening. I really appreciate it. But, um, so I lost all of that and that felt like 
that's who Mark was. Mark was a leader. Mark was, you know, he was Haley's best friend. Mark was um, a leader in the church. Mark, he taught. He he could teach. He could talk. He could interact with people. And I found myself making statements of Mark is instead of statements that probably should have been God made Mark to be this. God's purpose for Mark is this. And it's kind of like maybe sentences like that that I should have been using, that I should have been thinking about. And so when I lost all those things, I honestly, I went on a path. Um, some days were... Some days were honestly pretty okay. Don't get me wrong. I still had really good days. And I'm not going to sit here and go, I had depression. Because, no, I don't think I had. I, no, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm not going to say I think. I know I didn't have depression. I was just like everybody else when we go through suffering. I just had my hard days where I couldn't help but feel like I was being just almost not like tormented. But I was almost being punished. And I was like, why? Like, I didn't understand anything, you know. I was lost, um, I started to change in the way I kind of treated people, the way I, I talked to people, the way I thought about people, um, my character changed too, I be, kind of became a very dark person for say, I'm not saying like ooh, witchcraft and ha 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 Harry Potter, kind of dark, which now there's going to be people being like, oh so you think Harry Potter's a sin, I didn't say that, that's your problem, but anyways, Harry Potter's okay kids. Okay, I'll just put that out there. So it's just creativity. But anyways, it just, I saw a darker side of myself. I was kind of telling someone the other day, I'd wake up in the morning and literally like, some days I feel like I couldn't really see my eyes. Like it felt like there was a dark shadow just right over my eyes and everything. And it just felt, I just didn't recognize who I was. I looked in the mirror and I didn't say, hey, you know, that's Mark. That's uh, that's a pretty chill dude. No. I didn't tell myself that. I looked in the mirror and I... I just stared and I stared and I stared and I looked and... I didn't say, oh hey, it's Mark. I went, that's a monster. That's a walking demon. That is someone who is lost. That is a foolish boy who lost it all because that's what it felt like and the reason why I'm being so vulnerable being so open from the get-go is because I'm so tired of putting up these walls I'll be honest with all of you I'm so tired of putting up all these walls and trying to be the tough guy I'm not saying like be fragile and like constantly be crying but let's just be real with each other for once you know and that's what I want to do to you guys is reach out to you guys and you know, and kind of put, put down my walls so that you guys can put down your walls and we can make a connection. But that's how I saw myself. And, you know, I saw myself as a terrible person because thinking about some of the things I did in the past, the terrible things. And I, and one thing I walked with was I began to feel like I almost had no purpose, which was the stupidest thing because obviously we all have a purpose in life and God has a plan for each and every one of us but honestly it every day I walked and I felt like I didn't have a purpose and I think that's the most dangerous dangerous thing we can do honestly 
is because when you don't walk with a purpose, your heart hardens, your mind loses itself, and the whole entirety of who you are disappears. But through, even though I felt like I lost it all, I gained so, so much that I honestly, to be honest with every single one of you listening, I'm thankful. I, um, even someone, one of those things I listed out, someone I lost a really close friendship with, and which I do, I do mostly blame myself for it, if we're going to be honest, even though that person kind of like, that falling out with them brought me a lot of hurt, I can't help but say thank you to them and say thank you to God for letting that happen, which sounds crazy and mind-boggling because you're like, whoa, like, Mark, you're letting, you're like thanking God for suffering? You're thanking God for allowing you to go through trials and tests? Yes, I am. Because through that suffering, through all that pain, through all that mental that mental battle, that spiritual battle, those times where I w- where I hated God, those times where I felt like I was all in God, and those times where I thought I could not do this anymore, I was got to walk away and I would never, ever teach again. I would never be a part of a youth group again. I would never be recognized as any kind of preacher, any kind of speaker or leader. Even though I had all those thoughts... I would gain so much more when God spoke to me. Not in a loud, booming voice. I mean, He can if He wants to. You know, not even in a dream. Not even through other people. But a soft, gentle move of the Spirit. A gentle, loving, unconditional speaking from God. Of God... Literally speaking into my life, saying, Mark, I love you. Even when God looked at God and I say, I hate you. I don't want anything to do with you. Look at what you did. And when I was pointing and blaming the finger at him, when I should have been pointing at myself, instead of, in which God would have been just for doing this, he would have been all in the right. He could have left me behind, left me in the dirt, and he would have been 100% justified. But instead, God came, He spoke to me when I was in my darkest, deepest valley. And He said, Mark, I love you. Even when you hate me, I love you. And that to me blew my mind. Because even when Jesus was on that cross... Even when he was bearing that cross, even when he was being whipped, every every ounce of pain he felt, I can't even imagine. But even on that cross, he still loved. And that stands true to today. Every time we hurt God, even though it's not a good thing, God still reaches out to us, even when we stab Him in the heart. He reaches out to us with a hand and heart 
an arm of love and grace and mercy. And he just says, I love you. One of the most powerful sayings, I think, that can ever be spoke by a God who's above us. And what I'm trying to get to is, not only did he say that, even though I lost all those things that made me up, and a lot of those things that meant so much to me for so many years of my life, I was able to find out who I was in Christ. Not who I was through my actions, through my deeds, through my words, through my thoughts. Heck, not even who I was through my devotions. But rather who I was solely through my relationship with Christ and my covenant with God and my kingdom responsibility with the Spirit. I was able to find out that God loves me and my purpose from God is to just simply go out and love others just like he loved me and show them that love. Am I going to sit am I going to, you know, sit here and say that God has called me to be a preacher or a pastor? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not jump the gun just yet. But um <laughs> God really I really felt God called me saying, "Mark, your purpose is to be this, a man of God for my people. And when I say my people, I mean his, you know, God's people. My purpose in life, I feel, is just to go out every day, self-motivated, whether by, by me or be motivated by God, mostly by God, by the way, <laughs> but just go out every day and live life with a joy that is only found in Christ and just love others and love those who don't understand or or even see the complexity but the graciousness of God's love and tell them about Jesus and maybe your purpose I think all of our purpose can be similar to that but what I'll kind of want to wrap this I guess wrap this whole thing up with is I lost all those things but I gained back so many more opportunities I got to be you know I've become part of a, a small group I got involved in a youth group again, you know, I got, I was given the amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity to be an intern for my, for Grace Monroe for the summer, which I cannot even say how thankful I am for that, and that's truly one of the biggest blessings I've had, I'd say, in recent years, being able to do that, but I had that, and, you know, I got to teach, and my teaching seems like it was more developed, more mature, more in-depth, more passionate. But I think mostly of all, the biggest opportunity I got was that improvement and that relation... Is that... Oh my God. Choking up here, guys. Help me out. Help me out. (laughs) But I think the biggest opportunity I got was to be closer to God than I ever have been. I got to have such a real relationship with God. Even when I mess up today, like I did some the other day where like, I'll be honest with you, a year ago, if I had um, done that, I was like, you know what, whatever, you know what, I was just like, you know, sure, I'll feel guilty about it for a little bit, but it'll pass over. But this time, you know, I was like, God, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want this sin to be part of my life. 
again. I because I was like, God, I don't want to lose you. Because through my suffering, the biggest opportunity I got was to understand, just even if it was a little bit of God's love, but most importantly, understand how much I need Him. Because when people say, what is God to you? You know, what what is Jesus to you, young man or young lady? What do you say Jesus is? Which I don't think is a bad question, but you know, you kind of include one of those cliche questions. Usually I would say God is love. You're, you know, or some people say, God is my father, he's my good father. Or they say, God is my shepherd, he's my savior, my rock. Which, don't get me wrong, those are fabulous, outstanding responses. But to me, I just can't help but be like, he's my everything. God is my everything. And that means just the world to me. Because without God, without Christ, I'm nothing. That's really what it is. Maybe at best, I'm a somewhat decent person, but it doesn't make me good. Without God, there is no Mark. Honestly. Because without God, I'm just... I'm just here surviving, but with God, I am Mark, but more so, I get to be that Mark that serves a loving, amazing, merciful, just God who loved us so much that he was willing to take us all the way up to the mountaintop and that when we fell off that mountaintop and the, and you know, in the garden of Eden, you know, when Lot turned away from God or you know, when Moses stranded the desert for 40 years, when David committed adultery, you know, even when the thief, even when you had the two thieves on the cross, and that thief, imagine that thief, the moment he committed that crime and that sin, he fell off that mountaintop, David fell off the mountaintop, Moses, Lot, you know, Abra, you know, Lot, Adam and Eve, when you fell off and God was in the mountaintop with us, Instead of looking down upon us and looking at us down in the valley, saying, look at what you did. You messed this up. Which, yes, he did tell us that we did mess it up. I mean, that's just the honesty. But instead of just looking down on us, God, he, yes, he did look down on us, but he looked down on us with love. But he didn't just stand on that mountaintop when we fell off. When we fell off the mountaintop due to sin... God went chate, God went running, if not falling and probably maybe, who knows, maybe tripping in some way. I don't know. He went running down that mountain, chasing after us into that valley when we messed up. Because he wanted to, he chased after us that love, that unconditional, that reckless, amazing grace. Or how far does the forgiveness of God go as far as the east from the west, my friend? How much does God love you? He loves you enough that Jesus would say, surely enough there will be a, a place for you in heaven. He says that to a thief on the cross seeking salvation. It's just so amazing that when we as humans, we as humanity fell off that mountaintop, all these other religions have these gods and higher beings that when humanity fell off the mountaintop, they simply just maybe threw a book or threw some kind of 
words or shouted something from the mountaintop, looking down on humanity going, all right, this is how you get up here, knowing that we would never be able to get to that mountaintop on our own again. But this God, the one true God, the Messiah, the Christ, came running down the mountain for us, not just shouting words at us, but having action with us, God sending His only Son to die for us. So we could be redeemed, so that we could defeat death, but not just defeat death, not just defeat sin, but also live a full and gracious and full life, just like it was in the beginning. And He went chasing us down that mountain into the valley, so that He could take His arm around us, maybe even carry us over His shoulder, and, cl- and carry us back to that mountaintop. That is the God that I got to know through my suffering. And that is why I'm so overwhelmingly thankful for everything. Yes, I would love for some things to be restored. I would love to be back close in that, you know, close friendship with that person. But at the end of the day, I was blessed beyond measures to lose everything but gain even more by getting to have that real, genuine relationship even more than God than I ever have before. I feel like I just preached a sermon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's pretty much why... Oh, here's a beautiful imagery. Another, maybe another minor reason why I wanted to call this Mountains and Valleys podcast. And this is honestly the whole overarching thing. Imagine there being a shepherd and he's kind of, I don't know why, but let's just say he's going up the mountain. He's going up the mountain to look at the sunset, enjoy life. Maybe there's some fruitful trees up there. I don't know. And maybe he's just up there. He's looking to settle and be with his, um, be with all of his hundred sheep and just relax and be peaceful. And then one sheep falls off or wanders off into the valley. And this valley's dark, it's deep, it's muddy, it's dirty, it's not clean. It has the shadow of death roaming around in it. And here the shepherd is looking at his 99 sheep with him on the mountain. And then he looks down at his one sheep. And then honestly, let's be honest, mathematically and logically, it would probably be wiser to stay with the 99 sheep than to go chasing after one because, I mean, heck, you know, 99 to 1, that's like it's like a 99% increase in profit, I guess. I'm Well, not increase, but, you know, that's like 99 compared to 1. Like, pff, come on, who's going to trade 99 for 1? Or, you know, who's going to go chasing after 1 if they have 99 left? That's, you know, that's insane. But, that sh- but the shepherd looks down, and he sees that sheep, that lost sheep who once was white and pure, And now it has blemish, it is dirty, and it is lost. And the sheep is screaming out in terror and in fear and insecurity and a lack of confidence. It's screaming out in fear. And that's my dog, by the way, if you hear some whining. He loves this story, too. But um, that shepherd looks down at that sheep who used to once to be pure, but is now just covered and maybe in sin, he's covered in all this doubt, this fear, this shame, this guilt, this regret. Just a sheep that has feels like it has no purpose. 
that shepherd looked down on that one sheep, that the one sheep that left the 99, and he leaves the 99 to chase down the one. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I feel like God is calling me to do this podcast. Is why I feel like God is calling me to name this mountains and valleys. Because Jesus Christ is that good shepherd who is on the mountaintop with the 99, but he goes chasing after the one because that is how much unconditional love God has for you, whether you go to church, whether you don't, whether you believe or whether you don't believe. God loves every single one of you. And his love is a love that my words or the, or the words of millions of people together cannot even begin to measure. And that's what, and that's the whole idea, the whole premise. And maybe that's my story. That's my story compared with Job's. And that's a little bit of my story that I want to share with you guys that maybe you're listening to this and I hope you are. And I hope you are, and I thank you very much for listening to it, because Lord knows I need all the viewers. <laughs> but I just hope that every single person out there listening right now, or at least that one person who's going through something, you can hear this. And I hope you can find some encouragement in this. And I'm going to take a little pause here to try to think. <laughs> but whoever you are... Whoever you're listen, whoever's listening out there, whoever needs to hear this, whatever you're going through, whatever is coming, whatever storm you're going into, whatever your storm you're in, whatever storm you just got out of, just know that God is with you. He's a faithful and sovereign God. And just even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you have you don't have to fear evil for the for the rod and the staff of God is with you, and they shall comfort you. When you call out His name, when you say that prayer, when you open up your heart, Jesus Christ is at the door waiting for you to open it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, I think is a wrap. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, you're probably listening to this probably not at night, but this is a good night, a good morning, a good evening. This has been your boy, Marky Mark Marcus. I'll accept Preacher Mark. I'll accept it justice once, maybe. But seriously, this is Mark. Me being vulnerable. And let's hope this podcast goes somewhere. Hopefully it'll be on Spotify. Anyways, you guys have a good one, and I love all of you. Thank you for everything, and thank you for listening. You guys are great. Have a good one.